I'm Julia McFarlane, host of One Decision, the podcast that looks at the choices made that shape our world. Together with my co-host, the former chief of British intelligence, Sir Richard Dearlove, we unpack the key decisions, past, present and future, that matter to us all. We drop new episodes every Thursday. But today we're bringing you one more decision. Smart analysis of the latest breaking news around the world with Global Situation Room President Brett Bruin, who served as the White House Director of Global Engagement during the Obama administration. Over to you, Brett. Thanks, Julia. We sit here literally in the shadow of the U.S. Capitol uh, the week that President Joseph R. Biden Jr. declared at 80 years old he's ready for another term. Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. To break down this decision, we have former Obama administration official, Johanna Masca. She's a national political commentator here in the US and a colleague of mine. You've heard her on the podcast before. Johanna, welcome once again. Thank you. I want to delve into the personal side of Biden, one that you got to know six years working with him in those crowded corridors of the West Wing. He's a stubborn guy. And yet at the same time, one could say he's got a lot of stick to which is on display this week. Yeah. You know, Biden announced um, he's running for president again via video. Um, I guess we're going to try to win this election with filters and fonts. But yeah, I, I got to know Biden after President Obama selected him to be his vice president. So we were announcing his uh, joining the ticket. And after that announcement, we took him back to Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I remember we were a very disciplined campaign. You know, remember by then we'd beat Hillary Clinton, which took a lot of determination and um, organization. And so we had people on the trail who were supposed to follow him around and make sure that he read from the teleprompter. And uh, that's not really Biden's style. <laughs> he doesn't read from the teleprompter. So literally there was someone who would scribble exactly what he was saying and send it back into the campaign office to make sure, you know, it wasn't going too far afield. And I don't think he liked being told what to do. Um, I, I got to know him better, of course, in the administration because he would host really big press parties. He's he's a typical politician who loves engaging with people. Barack Obama was more cerebral. Joe Biden is very much people. People give him oxygen. So he would, you know, go out and invite all the media to come to the Naval Observatory, the vice president's residence. And um, he would go around and get all the kids together and get water guns and give them all water guns. And they'd all run around and, uh, you know, shoot people with water guns. And that's that's what he loves doing. Um, You know, now he's president, uh, 80 years old. So it's been a while since uh, I was hanging with him and the water guns. Um, but he's decided he's not done. 
And I think he is uh, very much that stubborn person who believes he does not need to stick to a script and that he knows exactly what he's going to do. I'm not so sure. Um, We'll see what happens with this election, but uh, it'll go exactly as planned because he intends to run against uh, Donald Trump. And we're not sure on the Republican side that that's going to be the case. I think a lot of people listening around the world are trying to understand why is no one else in the Democratic Party, <laughs> with the exception of two rather obscure candidates, putting themselves forward to offer an alternative when, according to the latest uh, polls, 70% of Democrats say they'd prefer Biden doesn't run? Yeah. And um, I think a lot of Americans are frustrated with their options also. They don't necessarily want a Trump v. Biden. Um, We're seeing that in the polls and we're seeing that in terms of engagement with ordinary voters. Um, That said, the U.S. election system is one that's based on a financial model. And to win, you have to have money and oxygen. Um, There are a lot of Democrats who are very reluctant to throw their hat in the ring because they believe that they would make uh, Joe Biden a weaker candidate. They've seen that script before, and it has made him a weaker candidate against someone like a Trump. They're very nervous about, you know, January 6th was a monumental issue in America. We hadn't had a noose uh, at the Capitol. We hadn't seen our Capitol under siege. That was a real defining moment. And so a lot of Democrats are saying they are not going to put Joe Biden in a position in which he could not win. Um, On the Republican side, you're seeing Republicans come out to run against Donald Trump, but they're not coming out yet against Donald Trump. They're saying they agree with his policies, but they just don't agree with him as a person. Now, I was part of the operation to take power from Clinton in the Democratic Party because Obama was the upstart and we beat Hillary Clinton. And we knew you have to run against Clinton. And we were, you know, determined to stab the stake through the heart. Um, when the Republicans figure that out, they may have a good contender. (laughs) I think most people around the world are wondering, why is this a two-year election cycle? (laughs) Well, and and one important point there for the audience to bear in mind, December of uh, 2007, Barack Hussein Obama, you're out in Iowa with him, is polling at 17% against Hillary Clinton. And we've already seen the ups and downs in the Republican primary. DeSantis deflating, maybe he can make a comeback, but we got a long way to go. And obviously people know Trump, Trump commands oxygen, whether he can command votes again is an open question. But my last question to you is, we are gonna have, irrespective of who the standard bearers are for either party, a very, divisive election. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for the world? And at a time when we have war in Europe, when we have an increasingly aggressive China, when we have actors from Saudi Arabia all the way through to North Korea, testing the limits, testing the norms of international order and traditions, should we be worried? And as Bob Gates, the former defense secretary said on our podcast, the greatest threat to the United States is our own division. I am still a political optimist. And I say that with 
all the evidence that people are post-COVID, you know, really having trouble coming together and finding solutions. But I've been out on the trail with Barack Obama for years and um, with other candidates. And Americans want to see America lead. Um, they they do care a lot about um, the rest of the world. I mean, Americans are ph philanthropists. They're generous. But there's some real trouble here that we have to solve for, which is real economic divisions. People are hurting. They feel like manufacturing jobs have left America. And in some cases, they did. I mean, Galesburg, Illinois, where I'm from, we lost manufacturing jobs. The candidate who can speak to that audience with some hope um, will emerge. And it may not be Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden will be the Democratic nominee, but you may see someone on the Republican side emerge who's different. I think, you know, the trouble is you're probably going to see democracy's ugly side when this all starts going. But as painful as this is, and Morgan Ortegas and I were talking about this yesterday on News Nation, she was Trump's State Department press secretary. And of course, I worked with President Obama, traveling with him, setting up all of his events in 42 countries around the world. And the two of us both said, as ugly as democracy can be, we know that these freedoms to say what we want is something fundamental in the American DNA that we will continue to fight for. So whether it's seeing McCarthy go over to Israel or you know, seeing some of our other leaders say their positions, just know that to some degree with America, we still, I believe, like we did on January 6th, we'll find our core, and I believe we'll be stronger in the future. And while I appreciate, Johanna, the optimistic note, one you always bring to an outlook that can at times seem bleak and, and cup half full, I worry, one, that we may see over the next year and a half efforts by adversaries who try to challenge this moment of doubt and division, democracy under threat. I wonder whether or not if we see another Stop the Steal movement started by whether it's former President Trump or another candidate, another political group, will we have both the stamina, the strength, the institutional resilience to push back against it? And then in the scenario where Trump or another Republican candidate wins, and likely in that scenario, you also see Republicans take control of one, if not both, houses of Congress. We have a very conservative majority on the Supreme Court. It is a very different America. And I think for the audience around the world, understanding that possibility, the possibility that the United States could look very different than we do today, even different from the days uh, when Trump served in his first administration, is one to prepare for. One of the points when I was a couple of weeks ago over in London was asking people on Ukraine, are we ready? Is Europe ready to supplement if the US is not providing the aid, if we are no longer as resolute in our commitment to Ukraine or to NATO. I think those are open questions. We'll have to see, obviously, how the campaign unfolds and how the United States ultimately emerges. 
That's it from this world update from the One Decision podcast. If you enjoyed this little conversation, why not check out our channel for our main offerings, which drop every Thursday. Just search One Decision wherever you find your podcasts. From me and the team, thank you for listening and see you next time.